0: How are we doing? Hold on. So as the days progressed, you can see how all the sins we've discussed, and this last one that we'll discuss, flow from the sin of pride. Right, the pride the sin, saying, "I know what's best for me." All sin comes from that sin of Adam and Eve deciding to choose for themselves. And we ask that you send your spirit down upon us, dear Lord, as we begin this final talk on the sin of sloth. We ask that you make us aware of those times when we've either busied ourselves so we are distracted from your love or we've been indifferent to your love, indifferent to the graces that you desire to pour into our hearts. Convict us of this, Lord, but most importantly, convict us and convince us of your great love for us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 13.4 The appetite of the sluggard craves, but has nothing. But the appetite of the diligent is amply satisfied. Proverbs 15.19 The way of the sluggard is like a thorn hedge, but the path of the diligent is a highway. Contrasting the difficulty of slothfulness with diligence, That one is definitely easier. But the diligence comes from our faithfulness to the Lord. Then one then one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person. Harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him, "Reply, in reply, you wicked, lazy servant! So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest upon my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten, for to everyone have for to everyone who has more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not." Even what, has, what he has will be taken away and throw this useless servant into the darkness outside where there be wailing and grinding of teeth. The darkness that was chosen by the, by the lazy steward was chosen by himself, not for him. The darkness was the fear. Same thing in our own lives. The darkness can be the fear, of, of fear of what it would mean to do God's work the responsibility of being faithful to God in all the things that he's asking us to be faithful for to. Because as we know from Scripture, it's not enough for us just to know the name of the Lord. He says, just because you say, Lord, Lord, doesn't mean that I'll be with you. Or doesn't mean that you're my disciple. It means you know my name. But the fruit, your labors, will show me that you're my disciple. So slothfulness is... Its slothfulness is the opposite, really, of discipleship. It's a laziness. It's a lack of using the gifts. It's being out. It's being outside of the dark, the cold, and liking it there. Because inside means, ooh, I'll be responsible for this. I'll be responsible for that. Inside requires a change. When speaking of sloth or a is another name for that that the catechism gives us A C E D I A Achadia, Thomas Aquinas says that it's a sluggish sluggishness of mind or intellect which neglects to begin good, or it's oppressive sorrow which weighs one down one down upon one's mind and wants to do nothing. It's not just a laziness of body. The slothfulness more is a laziness of spirit. Don't want to do anything. Anything. Refuse. uh, Slothfulness refuses the joy that comes from God, and is repelled by goodness. Can you imagine being repelled by goodness? But that's kind of what happens when we decide not to take that next step that will help us grow spiritually. When we become placent with where we are, that's a type of slothfulness type of indifference be bored with the things of God you ever been bored at mass you ever been bored in prayer distracted in mass distracted in prayer you know spiritual writers will say just an aside on those things when we find ourselves bored or distracted during mass is again to do what we've been saying But why am I distracted why am I bored or what is this distraction that's bothering me what's it mean because maybe there's some fruit there. Maybe just maybe that thing that we think is a distraction is actually God saying, "Here's what I w- here's where I want to heal you. Here's where your wounds are. Here's where your sluggishness of spirit is." So we have to ask the question. And the person, so if you want that gift of knowing when to ask the question, do a consecration to our lady. Do the 33 days. And ask Our Lady to share with you her heart, her (laughs) gift of pondering, her gift of contemplating, and thinking about all these things in her heart that she witnessed in the eyes of Jesus, those mysteries that we celebrate on the rosary, those things that she saw where she had to say, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? We need to learn to ask these questions in our hearts and our soul. We need to take the time, as Father Michael said, to sit and be okay with being silent, Silent of mind and silent of body and silent of motion, nothing going on but just us looking at the Lord and the Lord looking back at us. I'm bored. Those were words we did not say more than once growing up. I'm bored. If I told my father I was bored, I'd be cleaning, I'd be mowing, I'd be cleaning gutters, I'd be doing something because our motto was you have time to lean, you have time to clean. So once you let dad know you're bored, he pulled you out of that boredom. So. I'm very rarely bored. (laughs) At least, admittedly so. (laughs) So, sloth could be an aversion to spiritual effort. Again, say, I don't want to do the work. Because being a disciple takes discipline, the root word. takes effort. We have to work at it. It doesn't just happen. And it's this aversion to living a life of grace. And not just living a life of grace and living within the grace God has given us, but increasing that grace. The lazy servant. (sighs) I just... Kept what I did. The lazy servant was not just lazy. He didn't even use what he was given. You know, had he, had he lost it, you know, and had he, had he just spent it and had it made it a bad investment, it, it wouldn't be, at least he tried. But he did nothing. And so there was a sin in doing nothing. An inversion to spiritual things. How many, what percentage of our Catholics today do you think on a regular basis skip Mass? What? pretty close yeah so it's, 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 over, it's, a, it's over three quarters so 75% plus and, pro- and probably because of work and things like that Holy Days of Obligations aren't as, aren't as easy in our, in our society as other societies but that's what Jessica was talking about that we work more than any, any other society because we do too much we, we busy ourselves too much that's another form of slothfulness did you know that? busyness is a form of laziness think about it busy yourself with other things father michael what he said if we're if we're in prayer and we have to be reading and busy that's laziness we're not doing the work we think we're doing the work but maybe we're not supposed to be reading the bible or reading that spiritual book or doing that or doing the rosary or just keeping busy there also those are good things so hear me same thing same way as father was saying it's good those are good things definitely good things but the lord what do you want me to do now it's again asking the question lord Let's pray the rosary now. And then pray it slowly. But to, when you do have times of prayer, maybe decide. So if, say you do a half hour a day of prayer. So half of that then, or a third of that, decide a third of that is going to be doing nothing. Just sitting. I know, slothfulness is doing nothing. But this type of nothing is doing nothing and just looking at the Lord. Being with the Lord. Being present everything else aside, just to, it's going to be difficult, if you're not accustomed to it it's going to be difficult you're going to want to have it out, and one thing I would suggest if, you're, if you use your phone for prayer and things like that don't use your phone for prayer, because if you get a text or an email, that's going to pull you up out of out of that time of prayer just a suggestion <clears throat> so skipping mass, we'll get into that a little bit later some of the side effects of that so slowfulness, again it's this form of depression or discouragement Lacks ascetical practices, meaning, meaning that we don't deprive ourselves of things. We don't ever make sacrifices. We're gluttonous, as, as Father was sharing, in things. So we always feed, 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 and never allow God to feed us. And when we feed ourselves, when we continue to seek these things out, it's like we're taking, right? We're not allowing the Lord to feed us. That's why, that's why when, we, when you come to communion, you don't take communion. You receive communion. It's given to you. Think of that symbolically. Receive, receive, receive the body of Christ. Slothfulness calls a decreased, a decreased vigilance in our prayer. You know, maybe we get up a little 10 minutes later one day. The next day, 15 minutes. And maybe because we're busy, eh, we cut prayer in half. One of the most beautiful things, which is hard to do, and I've not ever been able to do it yet. I, I know it, but I can't do it yet. Mother Teresa would say when she had she prayed an hour a day and when her day was extra busy she prayed two hours all the time that's why her ministry was so fruitful how much more would ours be if we applied that same uh, uh, multiplier to our prayer life slothfulness is a carelessness of hearts like you know we're not working we don't have the custody of the eyes when we're in the internet when we're out in public and things like that custody of heart, right? There's a carelessness. We put ourselves in positions that are going to cause us to fall into sin. And we know it. We just don't care. We think we'll be strong enough. Sloth resides in both in the mind and in the will. And Thomas Quinas says it's one of the most dangerous of all the vices because it inclines us to habits of sin by weakening our will. Excuse me. And what happens is when we incline ourselves to this weakness of sin we find ourselves caught in a net or in if you think of a what the the straight jacket we don't want to get loose we don't want to be free we're just caught in this web and we're okay with it because it weakens our will and we don't even have the desire to fight so we don't we neglect our duties when we're slothful spiritual and temporal duties and we don't follow through on resolutions when we're slothful. Eh, you know, we lose steam. We lose focus. And sometimes these resolutions, maybe these resolutions were based in our own self-worth and not based in what God is asking us to do. So if we make a resolution, that's why it's important when we make Lenten resolutions, to say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And then we can do it for Lord. We're doing it out of, out of love. The motivator, the animator is love and not self-worth. Slowfulness can make us melancholy or sad. And this sense of being melancholy, this sense of being sad, is really a secret anger toward, towards ourselves, a lack of love, a lack of appreciation. Again, that low self-esteem that we talked about when, when we were talking about envy and comparing ourselves causes us, again, not to have the courage to break free and, lead, and then this, this being being caught in this web, being in the straitjacket of sin, then we fall into other sins because the enemy then can lead us to wherever he wants us to go, and we don't care. We don't. It's not that we don't care. Maybe as much as we don't know we should care, because once we realize we should care, it's broken. The net's broken. The power is broken. Sometimes when we're slothful, we become more concerned with finding the consolations of God. Right, we want, to be, we want to be made to feel better we want this, we want that but we're not really seeking, as we know, the God of consolation we're not seeking love we're seeking our own needs we're seeking our own wants, our own desires rather than seeking God for God's sake It flipped. that's what sin does sin reverses the order of things sin is disordered, it's a disease, right? we're, at, we're not at ease with God we're not at ease with our calling slothfulness can cause us to grumble even when we're doing good things ugh you ever done that before in the midst of doing something that's good something that maybe you wanted to do you had the zeal to do to say yes for but then when the time came it's like uh, it's that long sigh right and it's hard to do it joyful god loves a joyful giver so give it all all you got right my sisters would say that to me if i look sad so i said i would say i'm going to give you all, all all i got here in a second if you don't be quiet <laughs> we never fought we never fought <laughs> but to be joyous, you know that's why we can batch slothfulness of spirit when we grumble. Is to be joyful. If we find ourselves grumbling, step back, say, "Lord, I," and tell the Lord, "Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm grumbling. I don't need to be doing this. Give me your joy. Help me to do this." And then decide, make a choice because it resides in the will. Make a choice in the will. I'm not going to grumble. I'm going to be happy about this. Again busy doing things for god rather than being with god that makes sense does it someone who's always doing things for god you would think them of not being slothful but maybe they're avoiding being with god because god wants to heal them or something because you know sometimes wounds become our identity right sometimes our past our pain we like being there and so we don't want to be with god because we know god's intuitive we know god intuitively we know God is going to heal that, so we stay back. No, you can't heal this. We don't want you to heal this. We wouldn't say that, but spiritually that's what's going on because then once we're healed, part of that slothfulness is then there's a responsibility not to live out of that old shoe anymore or that, that old pain. And this old shoe or old, old pain is, for instance, um, when you think of a mistake you made, does the same thought of, one, of a mistake come back to you time and time again? I mean, you think of something, oh, I really regret that. That's an old wound. That's an area where God wants to heal you. Does that make sense? And so sometimes we can live there. Sometimes, sometimes when we think of ourselves, we can think of that failure, that lacking. Or for others, we can think of that failure, or that lacking. So that's where we to get out of slothfulness. Then we say, Lord, bring me out of this. Change me. Jesus told his disciples, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet their bridegroom. 5 of them were foolish, and 5 were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there, are, there may not be enough for us and for you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off, off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went out to the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the old, other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake where you neither know the day nor the hour. That's a tough scripture, isn't it? At first glance, it seems that the wise virgins are being selfish, doesn't it? Share some of your oil, right? (laughs) But that's not what it's about. It's not about that they weren't sharing. It's about the slowfulness, the laziness are the ones who chose not to be prepared, who chose not to be diligent. Can you give your children your faith, or can you teach them about faith? You can teach them, so you can't give it to them. The, see, that's the point. They couldn't give them the oil. They couldn't give them the The oil is their relationship. The oil is the love of God they had received that kept their hearts on fire with God's presence. They couldn't give that away. They could only allow that light to be burning and encourage the foolish virgins to be prepared. But in their laziness, in their slothfulness, they stayed back and didn't care, didn't know to care, and so they weren't allowed in. They were out in the darkness again. Anytime we don't allow God's love to fill our hearts, we are in the darkness. Our lives are not revolving around the sun, Jesus Christ. have to, again focus our gaze center our lives sloth can make us again indifferent I'm a good person you ever said ever heard anyone say that I'm a good person when someone was saying that to justify something else well I'm a good person God loves me I don't need to go to confession I don't need to go to mass all the time well I didn't make it but God loves me I'm a good person that's indifference it could be true a good person but maybe a slothfully good person, right? I'm not saying so, but, but maybe that's part of what's going on there, is there's that indifference. Again, that 75% plus of don't attend Mass. And I wonder, in the 75% of, the, of that stat who don't attend Mass on a regular basis, I'm wondering how many in their slothfulness, when they do return to Mass, receive communion and still don't go to confession, receive the Lord unworthily. That's you know, those are things we have to pray for as a body of Christ, that the Lord not be desecrated in the Eucharist like that. Because as it was it was the Father who shared about the, the rock or the water like water pouring off a rock. That's what the grace is when we when our hearts aren't disposed towards the Eucharist. Show of hands. Not about sin. Not about sin. How many are hoping for purgatory? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many are hoping for heaven? Right? Okay. So because we began to see purgatory as a get-out-of-jail-free card into heaven. But why are we shooting for the middle ground? Right? I, I don't ask Our Lady much, and this is what I ask of Our Lady for myself. The day I want to die is Divine Mercy Sunday. I'm sure I did this with you before Divine Mercy Sunday at Mass by the way after I, just after I received the Eucharist so if you're at that Mass I'm sorry but I want to have prayed, gone to confession before Mass and said the Divine Mercy Chaplet after that and then had Mass and then my penance that's all I ask of Our Lady because you know the promise if you die, die on Divine Mercy Sunday having gone to confession and prayed the Chaplet you go straight that's my hope. So, so, so I'm hoping for heaven, but but I realize we got to do the work to do it. We have to get uproot sin in our lives, and as me as well. So let's not shoot for the middle ground. And I'm not saying that you're being slow. That we're being slow for we're shooting for the middle ground because that's a hope for heaven. But we need to shoot. Let's be our best. Let's, let's expect that we're going straight when we die, that on our deathbed the priest is going to be there and say, I absolve you of your sins, and I grant you apostolic pardon according to your sins, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we go straight. That's what we pray for, and we live our lives, and, we, and, and, and so the promises that Christ makes to us in this regard will, get, will bear fruit. Three ladies this week in our, my parish, St. Martin's passed. each one of them, by the grace of God, were able to receive that apostolic pardon at their death. They died about an hour after that. Those women went straight. Went straight up. If they didn't go straight, it was, it was in a few seconds. Because of God's grace and because of their prayer. Because, and because as they received it, they believed it and they united their sufferings and pains to the cross. So all great gifts. So sloth is foolishness. It can be caused by a lack of trust in God. Again, running out of oil. Think, sin that is, think that sin is relative. Oh, that's a sin for you, but it's not a, I don't believe it's a sin, so it's not a sin for me. Some sin is black and white. Most all sin is black and white, right? But at times, maybe subjectively and objectively speaking, the culpability is different. But sin is sin, and that's what we have to remember. There is sin in the world, and we are sinners because he came to save us. We need it. It's okay that we need his love because that's why he came that's what attracts him to us little flower says philippians i can do all things in christ who strengthens me this is remedy to remember that christ is our strength psalm 73 verse 28 as for me to be near god is is my good to make the lord my refuge so we can attack our inclination to slothfulness or to laziness through fervent prayer through receiving the sacraments as frequently as possible, the Eucharist on Sundays, reconciliation—you know—I did suggest once a week, but try, try then, try for more than once a year. Spiritual readings, find books that are going to edify your mind and your soul. Devotion to the Holy Spirit, Lord, pour forth Your divine love upon me. Pray that prayer. And ask the Holy Spirit for all these gifts we've talked about today. All these remedies. To the sins that could be in our heart, to ask the Lord for those gifts. Attack it by being a disciple, and being a disciple doesn't just happen. We don't just say, "Lord, Lord," and then we're a disciple. As, you, as we talked, spoke of earlier, disciple—the root—a root, a word in there is discipline. We have to follow the discipline of being a disciple. We have to fall, have to play on the playing field of the Ten Commandments, receiving the Eucharist. That all the sacraments are going to give us grace, and being transformed. to ask for the gift of discernment. Lord, help me to discern what your will is. Help me to know what my mission is. Because when we go forth in Mass, we're being sent out on a mission to share God's love, to share the truth of who he is and who we are in the light of Christ's love. Because we don't know who we are until we know who we are in Christ. And when we can have that confidence of identity, we can teach others about it. We, the wise Wise virgins full of God's love can help others light their own lamps with the faith of God's presence. What is my mission? Father Bob Barron in in his um when he speaks about sloth and zeal says that if we want to know our mission, then start doing works of mercy, corporal works of mercy. These are charitable actions by which we can come to the aid of our neighbor in their spiritual and physical needs or temporal needs. Feed the hungry. Right during Lent? Feed the hungry. Pick a day you're going to go to soup kitchen. Or if you want to grow, if, if you want to fight to send a sloth, then every week do St. Vincent de Paul. Do something in your parish where you're feeding the hungry or you're sheltering the homeless. Clothing the naked, giving clothes, those things, clothes to those who are in need. Visiting those who are sick. Every parish represented here, you have people in the hospital who are sick. You have homebound. Get a name or two and get their permission to visit them. And visit them once a month. Come say hi or once every other week. Make yourself known to them, and in doing that, make God more visible to them. Visit those who are imprisoned. In prison, yeah, behind the bars, but maybe there are those who are imprisoned in depression, imprisoned in loneliness and things like that. Visit them. Bury the dead. Going to funeral is a great corporal work of mercy, being there to pray for the deceased. Give alms to the poor. This is, a, and Scripture tells us, Uh, giving alms to the poor is the chief witness to fraternal charity It is a work of justice that is pleasing to god when we give of our financial reserves and of our time to to the poor to to those who are in need saint gregory the great wrote that when we attend to the needs of those in want, we give them what is theirs not ours more than performing works of mercy we are playing paying a debt of justice and what he means by that is that when god gives us gifts they're meant to be shared So sometimes the gifts of our finances, if we have them, they're meant to be shared with others. Some spiritual works of mercy are to advise those who are in need of assistance uh, in spiritual matters, to console those who are depressed or lonely, to instruct those who don't know about the faith. So if, if you want to instruct someone, sign up for the catechism class at your parish, for P.R.E. Comfort those who are sorrowing, again, connected to burying the dead, you know, to be with those who have lost someone the toughest of these forgive someone who in our mind is unforgivable then bear wrongs patiently, that's a tough one too in all these, as you do this Father Barron really hits this point home hard on his DVD and CD is once we do these spiritual, spiritual and corporal works of mercy and do them with the fervency that, of prayer, our mission is going to unfold itself before our eyes be ready. So, so the, what's your mission? Your mission is go is to go to mass, and spread the good news of God's love through these corporal and spiritual works of mercy, things you probably already do but never thought of them as such, but things that you can employ in your spiritual life. To pray without ceasing, and of, And he gives two example. And two example or example a Marian example here. He said that Mary. What happens when when she says yes to Gabriel, what does she next do? She moves in haste. Right, she didn't go. I'm gonna go see Elizabeth. <laughs> you know, see, she moved in haste. What did Jesus do as soon as he got out of the waters of, of the Jordan? Went with haste to the desert, went into the mission. Right, the Spirit moves us into mission and into submission, submitting to God's word. And His will, so prompt obedience. And what's the best thing we can say with Jesus, as we fight sloth, as we pray for the gift of zeal, and and this this diligence in our lives, this is the gift of zeal. Because Jesus, remember, Jesus said, "Zeal for My Father's house consumes me." So that's the gift. All these are coming are coming out of is zeal. So, it is finished, right? That's what someone who is zealous for the Lord says. Your mission is finished, Lord. Because we are sharers in the mission of Christ, each one of us uniquely so. But we have to accept it and we have to live out of that. So one of the questions I put forth for you take forth from your from today on, on the sin of sloth in, in your own life, so maybe you can reflect upon that the rest after the day. We'll repose the Eucharist here in a moment. But one, and this is from Father Barron from one of his books. So I'll read it first, and then we'll, we'll pull the question from it. One aspect of sloth is the tendency to say the truth does not matter. So the question then is, are, in, are there places in your life or the culture around you where where relativism, which is saying that sin is a sin for me and not for you, or sin is relative to the person, where relativism and the denial of the truth are used as a kind of escape from responsibility right so focus on that question just ask the Lord but again as in all these things ask the Lord that question is this true in my life